0: Canada Sportsbook. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Game Over Edmonton. I got my boy here, Zach Wheel, on camera with me. How you doing, Zach?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Avery? That game was awesome.
0: You know what? I think it's it's amazing that we get to watch the McDavid Drysital show every time they come up on the ice and you know that new jack campbell guy you know it is the holiday season and i know he's a fun loving guy but boy when you say trick or treat he really brought the trick to start and then gave us a sweet sweet ending it was an awesome game so without any further ado i think i'd like to introduce everyone to our newest show uh, Zach, you want to start off or with a little player introduction for yourself here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm Zach Wheel. I'm 22 years old. I've been an Oilers fan since 2013. Um, Kind of, I, I know most people say they've been a fan around my age since 2006, but what happened for me was I moved to to Calgary from Toronto and I was just I, I moved in the summer I had no friends and I you know was slow to make friends throughout the first you know year of grade seven and I just remember sitting on the couch it was the third game of the Oilers season that year in the 12-13 year and I remember watching the entire game and with about a minute and 50 seconds left Ryan Eugene Hopkins scored a goal to tie the game and it was the most and I was ecstatic but it was the most lengthy review of I can remember in my entire time watching NHL they disallowed the goal and with four seconds left nail yakupov batted the puck in out of midair and i just like yakupov slid down that rexall place I, i ran through my basement i slid across that green carpet we had down there and i got the worst rug rash you can imagine on my knees and since then you can count the number of games i've missed on one hand i've been absolutely hooked to the oilers you know mostly to my detriment unfortunately but nevertheless i have loved them ever since And yeah, and I'm super excited to be here. I can't thank Steve, Adam and Jesse enough. Also, Andrew and Robert as well for putting in all their time and effort into this. And yeah, it's going to be an awesome year, Dennis. i super, super excited to get started.
0: Awesome, man. I, I think top 10. One of the moments that Oilers fans would love to forget was that Neil Yakupov existed. But at the same time, one of the things that Oilers fans love is that center ice slide. Just absolutely feeling the emotion. It was the arena was electric, and I think back to myself. You know, going to do a little bit of intro- introduction. My name is Dennis. I think some of the people in the YouTube chat have called me the son of Gene Principe. I'd love to be the son of Prin- Gene Principe. Nowhere near as talented. Way less puns per hour here on this show, but I'll do my best. When it comes down to it, I think top ten moments. Oilers fans, you know that Derek Stefan goal has to or disallowed goal. Sorry, not disallowed goal. When Derek Stefan slid down that ice trying to go the for the empty netter, absolutely whiffs it, the full Mm. treat, full retreat on the other side through center ice, and then Alish Hemsky with the absolutely golden dangle. In the end, we lost that game against Dallas, but at the same time, it's it's one of the biggest moments in Oilers history. Personally, I started becoming a fan during the 05-06 cup run. And that dates me a little bit, I know. But when we first started out at the highest hill, I was at absolutely playoff game seven on that mountain. And we just didn't make it. But the very next year, we tanked down to the lowest lows. And we did that for another 12, 13 years. That tested my patience. I think that tested all of Oil Country's patience. But in the end, we all made it through. We're all here. We all witnessed the Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse Show. And we're absolutely amped to be bringing you this show with the SDPN.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself.
0: Now, Zach, we have a third
1: host. Now, unfortunately, he
0: can't be here with us today. He's at rogers place but mm-hmm. it's a living legend the it's man, the fedora himself the fedora himself the man the myth the legend
1: it's avery avery i think i referred to you as avery off the jump that was my apologies but no i'm super excited to, to do this with you and avery uh avery can only be with us for away games uh so it's gonna be you're gonna be stuck with us for you know the first six games of the year but then you guys will get to see avery on the sdpn which will be awesome um but yeah you are ready to jump into discussing tonight's game, though, Dennis. Absolutely, let's get right into it.
0: Yeah, but first, you know what, Zach? I think we have one more order of business here before we start. You feel yourself? Uh, you feel yourself as a lucky person?
1: Oh, I'm. A, I I had to stop. I'm not a lucky person. That's my problem. Especially with the Oilers, I dealt with my heart, not my head. So,
0: I consider myself a lucky person. Not in the betting sphere, but Mm -hmm. in the fact that we get to watch this team. But you know what? Oil country, you can be a lucky person with our friends at Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sportsbook. Football's back, baseball playoffs, and the hockey season is finally underway. You can bet pre-game, live, in play, or one of their many prop bets. Made for Canadians... By Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only,
1: 19+. Please play responsibly.
0: All right, all then, right.
1: Let's get into it. Uh, awesome ad read. I'm um, super excited. Super pumped. What a game. This game was so such a classic Oilers game. They do not deserve this outcome whatsoever. Uh, 99 out of 100 times, they do not win this game. The only reason they win this game is because they have two of the best players in the world. If you ask me, the two best players in the world. The, uh, they came out so flat. And it's funny because I have, I have a theory about this, uh, Rogers place gets so buzzing. It, it it's, it's one of the loudest arenas in the NHL, probably only behind the bell center. I was there, uh, against LA, uh, during the playoffs last year and this game and that uh, my ears are still ringing from that game. Um, I remember in game one against the playoffs last year, the energy was so intense in that building. And even for a home opener prior to this, the energy just gets so intense they always come out flat. They always try and do too much right off the jump and it ends up coming out doing way less. They don't come out, they don't play their game. And that's reminiscent in the first goal. You saw Dylan Holloway on top of you know the, his first NHL, first NHL game in the regular, regular season. season, exactly. First regular season game uh, jitters. He also has the all of Rogers' plays just absolutely buzzing. And you can see in his giveaway, he tries to go right up the middle of the dry saddle. And Pedersen takes it back the other way, goes in, outweighs Campbell, taps it, you know, tucks it right in. Um, It was it was an it was it was an it was a decent goal. Um, And I I I will admit I was like oh no. And then the fact that the second goal right after I think it was J T Miller came right down like American sniper right over Campbell's shoulder. And I'm like, Oh no, does Stuart Skinner have to go in the game? Thank God I'm not the coach. Apparently Dave Tippett was the coach tonight because right after that, McDry gets put back together, you know, after a full preseason of just going on Twitter and arguing about, Oh no, Pooley th- first line, right wing. Noah, you know what? Holloway with McDavid. No, with dry said a Hyman up there down there. Fogle, where's he going to play? Should we trade Pooley Should we not trade Pooley We shouldn't trade Pooley Um, but after all that, we have Mick drive back together eight minutes in. Like it was, it was just a classic Tippett thing. And then, and then to you know add on to that, the fact that five on five they couldn't do anything. It was lit. I was if you told me this was a game from last season and Dave Tippett was the coach, I would not have batted an eye. And this was a recording. This reminds me so much of the game they played against Pittsburgh, where they did not deserve to win whatsoever. But you know, having the two best players in the world. Donor nurse, you know redeeming himself. It, it, it just, it just was fantastic. You know what, what? What are your, what are your thoughts?
0: You know, you bring up a great point when you mention that the atmosphere at Roger's place is is electric. It's mind-boggling. Like you said, when you walk in, you just lose all sense of yourself, where you are. You're already shelled out a hundred bucks in pop and popcorn <laughs> and a burger, but. It's it's the same for the players. You know, you walk out on there, and especially Dylan Holloway. He had such a great performance at camp, and he had such a great performance in the preseason. But we gotta remember this this is his second National Hockey League game. And as much confidence as Jay Woodcroft has in playing the young guys. We saw that one costly mistake like that can really staple a guy to the bench. I mean, Holloway ended up playing about seven minutes, I think it was in the game.
1: Uh Holloway played eight minutes, yeah, eight exactly. Minutes, yeah.
0: So yeah. with that Holloway giveaway, it it was an absolute dagger. Of course, JT Miller, great play. The the Canucks just came out to play in an enemy barn, and the Oilers were not ready for it. Like you said well, the sleepy starts is it just seems to happen to these guys all the time but is that is that a bad thing i think in the end the oilers always seem to outscore their problems right yeah. we we start off with being down 2 nothing and being outshot 8-1 and you know what we end up with a McDavid hat trick uh sidle contribution good goal from Nurse I think all of that is all right in the end.
1: Yeah. you. I mean, you can see it in a night where Holloway only plays eight minutes. It's, it's, it's you know, it's a bigger issue when you, because of the cap, you can't even have 12 forwards already playing. You're already down a forward. Plus you're not playing Holloway. McDavid and Dreissel were out there every second shift. It is something like, I do love Woodcroft. Don't get me wrong. Most handsome coach in the NHL. I, I do I do hope that, you know, it's something that he does. He does take a look at another bright spot in this game, though. I will say I was not expecting it whatsoever was Ryan Murray. The play of Ryan Murray was fantastic. He had a 65% course. He had a 65 Corsi four percentage. Um, when he was on the ice, the Oilers were playing against the Canucks and that's in a game where they were pretty much dominated five on five. That's really impressive. Um, uh, also, uh, um, the one play, Ryan Murray play that does stand out is when you think, oh, Ryan Murray's just going to take a shot, you know, Andre Secker special right into the shin pads. No, he pulls out the McDavid toe drag through the legs and does a backhand right by the net. The uh, filth. Oh, Whew. out of nowhere. Philip Roberg wouldn't be caught dead doing that. And I, and I guess that's why he's in um, he's in Bakersfield um yeah no I was shocked and I love the play And another player that stood out to me during the game too and I think to the rest of the NHL he's still relatively unknown but the Oilers fans obviously we all know we all love Ryan McLeod he is going to be so key to the Oilers this year if he just you know picks up his finishing slightly he is so fast he's such an effective defensive center he he's he's McDavid light he oh my god I'm he is going to be so key to the Oilers this year, being their third line center. Like the combinations with McLeod going full full throttle, they are. I think they will be the highest scoring team in the NHL without a doubt, zero questions.
0: You know what? To to complement your point, I think Holloway and McLeod with the uh, with Ryan or Shore. That was actually not too bad of a line combination. I think Holloway as well as the the entirety of the team really started settling themselves down midway through the first little hiccup in between the first and the second, you know, those things happen. But third period, absolutely dialed in. And you know what? I forgot to mention Jack Campbell. I was just going to say. What an amazing adjustment by Jack Campbell. I mean, it's so rough starting off with your first, uh, first game in a new team immediately letting go of two goals at 1.3 nothing but he just picked it up and i think all of oil country got won over by that big body check on joshua
1: not even Mike Smith did that in his entire tenure. Oh man. When Mike Smith did that, Lucic was flattening him into the boards in the playoffs. That was fantastic. I jumped off my couch and screamed. I am so pro Jack Campbell. It's not even funny. After the two goals that were scored on him early, I was so worried, but, um, especially because, you know, you go on Twitter and you just see some Oilers fans clowning Leafs fans on Murray's performance. I was like, guys, we haven't played yet and we also have a new goalie. Like their karma exists. Let's relax. Come on. Like after the game, clown away. Go ahead. Leafs lost in a hilarious fashion. But we can't be doing that before the Oilers play. So to to see Jack Campbell come out and just at the end of the game, especially in the third period, when the action picked up and the Oilers were going back and forth, um, he was phenomenal. He, he, for to me, he, I think he's the first star of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. He looked
0: so dialed in by the end. He what personally, I didn't think he saw half the shots that he ended up saving. He was just getting it off the shoulder, getting it off just
1: a tiny
0: bit of the pad. Cool
1: as a cucumber. There is a little bit of Mike Smithiness to his game when he comes out of the net. I'm like, Oh no. Or there's like this, like overslide, overcommit, but somehow it always ends up in his glove. And you know, you can be as Mike Smithy as you want, as long as we're winning games. I don't care. The one thing that he doesn't do is when he makes a save or lets in a goal, he's not yelling at Evan Bouchard from across the ice. Cause somehow it was always Evan Bouchard's fault. You know, uh, uh, Jack Campbell's a phenomenal teammate and I, and I really hope, and I think he's going to succeed. But, um, you know, we kind of touched on the bright spots. Um, one of the things, you know, we, I think we do kind of. The Oilers obviously did not play a perfect game by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination, and I think a couple players, you know, stood out in a in a negative light. One of those, I think, well, I was going to ask of you. Them. I was yeah. going to
0: ask you about the defense in front of Campbell. Yeah, because it looked two guys. Like, it looked like there were a little bit of a. I don't know if it's communication hiccups, playing with a new goalie. Do you want to go ahead?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the two players to me that stood out, they had not good games by any stretch were Brett Kulak and Tyson Berry. You know, to be honest, I kind of expect it from Tyson Berry. We all know what he is. We all know what he does well. We all know where his deficiencies lie. Um, but Brett Kulak, to have such a rough game coming in, I'm not sure if that's because he was paired, even though he was paired with Barry in the playoffs and they played fantastic. Um, I'm not sure. I think in camp for the most part, Kulak was actually with Bouchard. So it was interesting to see coming into this game, um, the, the switch up by Woodcroft going into the, the, the first real game. And I'm not sure. I, I'm not, I'm not sure well, it, what originally happened. In it the was first period,
0: Originally in the first period, they weren't together. They actually broke up uh, Kulak and Barry when the game first yeah. started, but after a couple of quick goals against they got stapled right back together every shift.
1: Yeah. Another player who also a forward who I noticed had a really tough game. It's someone who I was really hoping we all love unanimously. doesn't matter who you are, what kind of Oilers fan, what you think is good, whether you think they need to trade Jesse or not. Everyone loves Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And to see the giveaways that he was having late in the game, the shots that he was passing up, he was deferring. He was. He didn't look fast. And the problem with Nugent Hopkins, I know, and we've all heard this before, is when he doesn't move his feet, he he's not an effective player. Um, and, and and you know, it was really evident in the game today that he just wasn't didn't have that pace to his game that he needs to have to excel. And uh, it's it's he's a crucial player for the Oilers as well. So for them to be one of the top teams in the league and one of the best offenses, Nugent Hopkins has to be going at full throttle. And it's something we didn't see tonight. But I'm very confident going forward that we're we're going to see that you know I was
0: I was actually happy with Nuge's special teams play you know on the penalty kill looked great on the Mm -hmm. power play as as short of a power play as those were (laughs) they looked great that filthy four-touch tic-tac-toe play that ended up with uh, McDavid putting in the yawning cage amazing Nuge was a part of that as a bumper but you're right. On a five on five, I I feel like he has maybe it's that first game sluggishness to it. He's got to be a bigger five on five player. I mean, we know and he's not, not going to yeah. be a, a 50 plus percent face off guy. But yeah, Nuge, Nuge has to go a little bit deeper, a little bit harder. Um, I feel like out of the leadership core, he was the weakest one. Nurse had that really. Really dumb first period hit uh, late, very, very late. Uh, but, you know, in the end, he made up for it by picking up his game. It, it was
1: the, it was the most sorry, just sorry to catch you up. But the nurse play it was was the most like stereotypical Darnell nurse penalty of all time. Like the headbutt in the playoffs in the preseason against Vancouver. He he, he fought. I think it was against Vancouver. Calgary. He fought twice like he against an AHL level player. Yeah, exactly. He just has a propensity to get involved into some stupid situations. He's done that his entire career. And you know what? Full credit to him. He, he, he Before that, on the power play, or on the penalty kill, sorry, he had a really... All tough, almost giveaway that very easily could have resulted in the Canucks goal. Thankfully it didn't, but full credit to him later in the game, he picked it up. He turned it on. He scored a beautiful, what I think shorthanded goal. And then in, in, he was really effective to, you know, for the U.S. to get this victory. But one thing we, you know, we did kind of mention, uh, is the penalties and, and the, penalty kill itself, uh, to be honest with you at the first, at first, I thought the penalty kill, it was, it, it, it was working But it didn't seem like it was steady. It seemed very shaky. The players seemed like they were kind of all over the place. The one thing I will say, Hyman has that dog in him. He is an absolute gross penalty killer. I could not even imagine trying to get the puck off that guy. When he's on the ice, I am so confident the Oilers aren't going to allow a power play goal. That Nugent-Hyman, you're right, special teams, that uh, Nugent-Hyman tandem on the penalty kill, it, it is it is they're they might as well be playing five and five they're unstoppable they're they're insane um but they were on the ice way too much I think I think the Oilers took seven or eight penalties throughout the game I I, I don't know how that happened especially when the Canucks only took half that and most of them were a couple of them are makeup calls and whatnot like there was a play earlier in the game and I'm, I'm not going to complain about the rest too much like there were most of the Oilers penalties I will admit I there wasn't one any I really had a Problem with I, I I think the one the first one that Jesse got for tripping or whatever when he was just passing the guy I was like what are you what are you doing come on and then later when McDavid had the puck cutting in on net McDavid goes flying and then no, nothing I'm like that was two hundred times worse than what happened to Jesse are you kidding me like uh, all we want like everyone said and I know Steve said this and I know everyone across media said this consistency 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 call the book uh, yeah call the book I mean. It- there was
0: there was that fear in the beginning i think it was against vancouver in the preseason where they took eight penalties and this game they took seven and were punished for three of them the oilers have just been i don't know if it's the if it's the hunger if it's that playoff intensity that they last played with they're just starting this this year very undisciplined and it it's Strange, because it's the same core group of players, like you mentioned. I mean, Darnell Nurse has that propensity. He, I feel like he does have that dog in him as well, where mm-hmm. he's just trying to push the energy of the group. But taking two fighting p- penalties in the preseason, uh, taking a really dumb late hit, there's other ways to stir up energy in your team. And it it just isn't... A long-term solution we can't keep
1: outscoring our mistakes yeah it's not a sustainable way of winning with any other team with mcdavid there's a little bit of an asterisk on that statement we've all seen it we watched the 16 and 5 start last year and um if you look at the schedule like there is a, you know a good chance they will hopefully they get off to a similar start because they'll they have a lot of home games they have a lot of you know games they should be winning um but yeah, no, I, I thought, I thought overall it, it, it was a fantastic, it was at first two periods. I was like, oh no, what are we going to talk about? I've been planning on discussing this as a win, but, and then, I, then I'm like, no, nope, they're losing. This is going to be horrible. It's going to go horribly, but no, they, they, they got the job done. I'm ecstatic. It's going to be an awesome season. Uh, And what a way to start it off. Just checking out the uh, stats at the end here. Uh, Jack Campbell, 917 save percentage fantastic, more than enough for the Oilers to make playoffs that they don't even need goaltending back then. If Jack Campbell can maintain, you know, nine, 10 and up, they will be a top five team in the NHL and we will be laughing our way to the playoffs.
0: Exactly. Looking at his performance, they don't need him to be a world beater. Same with Stuart Skinner. That's why I think Stu can play 30 games, 25, 30 games. He just needs to give us a reliable backup option. Campbell just needs to give us nine, ten, like you mentioned, and we're all going all the way to the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> Elliot Friedman already gave us the uh, go ahead to predict ourselves as Cup winners, so I'm going to take him uh, to word with that. In exactly. the end, uh, there's the strongest Oilers team on paper that we've had in years. And it worked out tonight. By God, it might work out next game. Next game is going to be very, very interesting. We'll get into that a little later. But we just, we have to start playing defensive hockey. And I think that was the one thing that everyone is debating right now. Did Holland do enough in the offseason to shore up that defense? There's lots of trade rumors out there. Chikrin. Still a name that's out there. What do you think? Do you do I, listen, listen? Do listen, the Oilers I, need to shore up defense?
1: I would love to. I do think that's a, a conversation for a little down the road because right now they couldn't even think about it. They couldn't even play with a full lineup today. The cap is just mangling them. They're there right now. Um, we need to wait till we get to the deadline. I do agree. I will be very disappointed if the Oilers go past the deadline and still have their first round pick. This will be the most upset I've been at a deadline in a long time, if that is the case. I think everything should be on the table. This is the year to go all in next year. You well, you McDavid under contract four more years. You should not be picking in the next round for the next four more years. One thing I will say about the intensity, and I think you were on to something when you said you come into you come into this game against the Canucks after getting eliminated, playing your hearts out against one of the best teams in you know, any in the salary cap area of the NHL, right? Like the Oilers, it was a four game sweep. It was not as, as you know, far away uh, an avalanche victory as you look, the Oilers were in every single game besides game two. It was a one goal game. And I think that intensity that they had there going into just some random game one against the Canucks. Yeah, you were hyped up the crowd and everything. It was good. I think they got hyped like it was a playoff game, but the energy, it was just different. And I think it does take some adjustments. And I think as far as the penalties go, we always see this every year. The, now it's not as bad as it was last year with those stupid cross checking in front of the net penalties that just are in front of the net that just disappeared by game. They kind of disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same way. They'll call they, 10 games from now me and you will be on here and they penalties will be three, two or th- one way or the other, whether the Oilers get three and the other team gets two or the Oilers get two and the other game gets three. And we'll still be upset about five missed calls and five people hauled down McDavid during the game. But you know what? That's hockey without, without controversy. Hockey isn't as fun. And you know what? I'm so happy to be here. And I, uh, yeah, I, I think it'll get a fun game tonight. And again, I said this before, but I'm just looking forward to an awesome season with you and just keep
0: doing this absolutely true man one last thing I wanted to touch about um about the the attitude the energy I think Jesse Pugliari's the maddest that he's ever looked in an oiler jersey he he was just absolutely mean mugging I saw so much raw emotion in his game today arguing with the refs on you you know like you mentioned a kind
1: of Wishy washy penalty. The the slit the stick slam was out of nowhere. I have never seen that emotion from Yessie ever. Even just the checking at the beginning of the game, you could tell he hears what a lot of people say about him. Listen, I love Yessie. I think he's a fantastic and insanely important player to the Oilers. Without him on the team, they are nowhere near as good. He like Yamamoto and Fogel were out. Imagine they actually traded Jesse, uh in training camp. They they would be hooped. Like, yes, he plays an integral role to the team. I do think he's being still being underutilized by Woodcroft. He still only played 12 minutes tonight, almost 13 minutes, I guess. But I think penalty killing, like, get yes on the penalty kill get him doing reps in other other areas of the game he will be effective there he, you know he needs to play hard and be on the forecheck and the way he plays he's so strong in his stick he's so on top of the defenders that he's gonna get those penalties from time to time or maybe even if it's not necessarily his fault or the guy just falls because yes he's six foot four and a giant human mm. uh, and just knocks someone over like it's going to happen, but that's when he's at his most effective. And I'm willing to live with those type of penalties if it means, yes, he's on his game.
0: Absolutely. I, I think, uh, yes, Pugliarvi, he's so driven. There was, I think, one press conference where Woodcroft mentioned, yes, he doesn't play any special teams right now. There's There's such congestion on that power play one. They take so much of the time away. He's not quite a penalty killer. I hope he's working on it. But when he grows into either role, I think he we're going to see an absolute evolution of this guy. Jesse Pulizari is going to reach a whole new level.
1: We saw it at the beginning of last year. He had I I he was a point per game for the first you know twenty seven games of the season. Then you know he got injured, got COVID, got hurt. Everyone knows the story couple people not going to name names just started ragging on him relentlessly a uh, very undeservedly i might add uh but but we know we've seen this story before with so many other players i know everyone's used this example but if you look at valerina trushkin just signed i think seven years it's six million dollars to the colorado avalanche literally if you cannot, like, you cannot build a more similar player from him to yesi Like, they are so similar. Yessi is such a good hockey player. If he is shipped out of Edmonton, he will pop wherever he goes. The reason he hasn't been traded is teams are just trying to take advantage. No, well, no one has the cap space because the league is just so congested right now. And people are just trying to take advantage of the situation. They're trying to get Ken Holland to, you know, take a fifth, a fourth, whatever. Ken Holland sucked his guns. And I never thought I'd say I love him for it. He kept Jesse. yes, and uh, and the Oilers are one. They're one and zero. Oh. So so far, so good. All right,
0: Zach, we're coming towards the end of the show here. I just want to do one quick hit, uninterrupted. What do you think? One nitpick from today's game. It could be anything. Doesn't have to be about the play on the ice. For me, the room is
1: yours. For me, this is a nitpick that everyone said. I know the power play was good. I know they snapped it around. I Well, okay, two things. I would like to see Evan Bouchard shoot the puck more. He still is getting those opportunities in the slot, and he's deferring to whether it's McLeod or McDavid on the wing, and and they end up getting a worse shot. If Bouchard just ripped 15% more of his opportunities, there's no doubt that he would be a 20-goal scorer this year. And then, you know, to further on that, I would like to see him just start to transition onto that first unit power play. Let's, you know, move away from Tyson Berry. And you were talking about adding a defenseman. Maybe it's not chicken. Maybe eventually I guess Seattle won. maybe Seattle is going to be good. Who knows? Maybe it's a a player like Carson Susie. Exactly. Exactly. You want someone a little more steady there. And I want to see Bouchard start to transition onto the power play. So if he would have played on the power play today, hopefully in Calgary. He actually scored two power play goals against Calgary last season. So maybe next game we'll see something like that. I want Adam Larson back. Nope, just uh. <laughs> no, just I,
0: No, I understand his reasons, but if I'm going to pick one nitpicky thing today, it's, it's the fact that we've played four season openers against the Canucks. Can we get a little variation? I mean, we're playing Calgary only three times this year. How crazy would it be for game one to be a battle of, of Alberta? You know, it's coming up real soon. We're mm-hmm. going to get that game too. But there's just something about the Canucks versus the Oilers. Maybe it's because when I was first watching uh, hockey, it was always these one nothing affairs. Stuff that would just be dreadfully boring. But I've had enough. I don't want to watch Vancouver Edmonton as a season opener again, just NHL make it happen next year. Let's get a battle of Alberta game one.
1: Totally agree. Maybe next year, maybe when we're doing this next year, we'll be, you know, watching a Calgary game. But uh, Dennis, I just want to ask you the last thing before we, you know, wrap it up. Who do you start in Calgary? You know what? I want to see Stu.
0: Let's mm, really? get Skinner in there. You know, I think, I think he played pretty well last season. I mean, that one game, I want to see what the tandem does. Campbell, he absolutely showed that he can do it. Maybe let's not start him with the Battle of Alberta immediately in game two. Let's get Stu in there. He knows what the environment's like. Let's do it.
1: Stuart Skinner, my choice for, me, for next game. For me, well, I love your enthusiasm and I do love myself some Stu that's stash, Best stash in the NHL. If you're arguing, you're wrong. Um, I would go back to Campbell. I think regardless of what you do, the next game, I want to say it's against Buffalo still at home. Um, you go to Stu regardless. Campbell could get a shutout against Calgary. Don't care. We go to Stu. We really want to space out, you know, just judging by Campbell's workload and what happened in Toronto last season. And I know he played fantastic. I want to keep him as, you know, I want, I, I almost think we got to follow that Miko Koskin and Mike Smith, two games, two games, two games, two games. Two games you know, ride the hot hand, maybe one guy plays three, maybe you get one, but you know, for the most part, you keep it similar. And then in the playoffs, you ride Campbell like a dog. So yeah, that that's my thing. I like to see Campbell next game, but would not be upset with either choice. Jay Money in the chat, Oliver Rodrigue for the Battle of Alberta. Oh, <laughs> I don't think Olivia Rodrigue could handle the Calgary Wranglers. So, you know, not looking for, I, I yeah, we'll, no, no. <laughs>
0: All right, well, next game is going to be against Calgary on Saturday, October 15th, starting at 8 o'clock. And right after that game, we're going to be back. Game over, Edmonton. We'll be here all season. Uh, Zach, where can they find you?
1: You can find me at Zwheel97 on Twitter. Um, Yeah, that's that's about it, Dennis. Where can they find you?
0: Simple, Dennis Lee, Y-E-G on Twitter. And for the third member, at Avery. A-V-R-Y, nice and simple. That's it for us tonight. Thank you so much for your time today, Zach. Thanks so much to all the fans who are in the chat. And we'll see you on Saturday.
1: Absolutely. Have a great night, guys. It
0: was awesome. Bye-bye.